Hi, and welcome to this Startup Sales Growth Podcast Series. I'm your host, Nikolai Bedor. At my agency, Bedor Business Group, we recruit and build high-growth sales teams for technology companies. Over the years, we've worked with companies big and small, and what we found is that almost all businesses just getting off the ground struggle to create consistent revenue growth, and they know without it, they'll cease to exist. This is why we partnered up with Tech.mn to create a four-part sales series that will teach you, one, how to get those first meetings when no one knows who you are, two, how to turn those meetings into loyal, paying customers, three, once you have this process down, how to build a sales team to execute it. And four, how to keep that team motivated and inspired during the ebb and flows of a startup. You were listening to episode one, how to land interested prospect meetings when no one knows who you are. You're about to hear from top local minds who've walked this walk and are eager to share their secrets. But before we do, I want to thank our sponsor, Field Collective, for sharing Studio Coco with us and their financial support. Field Collective is the new standard for blending work, play, and wellness all under one roof. Field Collective is a social lifestyle club and a co-working space where everything you need to take your life to the next level is right at your fingertips. Interested in learning more? Uh, of course you are. So visit them at fieldcollective.com for more information. All right, you ready to jump into episode one? Let's go. Who's feeling electric? I need electrifying. Welcome back to Studio Coco and episode one of our live four-part series called Startup Sales Growth. Now, sitting before me, are two of the brightest minds on the subject of how to take a new product or idea to interested prospect mediums, and I'm just giddy, as I hope you guys are to, to learn from these experts. So sitting across from me is Sean Higgins. How you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? All right, I'm good. <laughs> to his left is Andrew Ward. Before we get into this, I'm going to puff your cheeks up and embarrass you a little bit, all right? Because I want to make sure that people that are listening to this understand who they're about to learn from, because you guys have walked the walk, and you're still active today, which I think is is part of this series and what makes it so special. So Sean Higgins. So Sean took local video sharing platform Ilos Videos to the moon by securing a million bucks in annual subscription revenue. 2017 alone, Ilos grew uh, revenue three times by landing marquee logos like Fox, Computer Associates, Cal Berkeley, and more. And anyone that's ever started a company to get to that level of revenue that fast that's a home run. I mean, that's that's happened so rare. We've tried it twice and failed, so I don't know how you did it. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> um, he recently helped close $3 million in venture financing due to his business development process acumen, which he is here to share with you guys today. Now, Andrew. Andrew has an interesting story as well. In three and a half years, Andrew has helped take an unknown Northeast Minneapolis tech service platform named Foodsby from complete obscurity into 13 markets across the country. And, you know, just a little growth, like triple digit, 100% to uh, 260% revenue growth year over year. Kudos to you, man. Thank you. Uh, Andrew and the team have grown since from 65 plus employees and are equipped for a massive 2018. What I'm really excited to have you share with our audience is how you've overcome the fear of the cold call. We'd like to hear that. Uh, excited to hear that and more from you today. But before we get in, Sean, did I miss anything? No, golden. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think uh, I want you to introduce me for every meeting I have moving forward. <laughs> I like that. Let's talk to, let's talk to Mitch Cooper about Ramble. We'll just record this. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. We'll no, plug it in. Awesome product. <laughs> well, as you guys know, today's uh, episode is about filling your pipeline with new business as a completely new offering to the market. So I'm just curious, you know, how, how did you guys get meetings uh, with new clients without anybody knowing who you are? Yeah, so at ILOS, we would do a lot of outbound. So we're big believers in inside sales methodology, which means we do a lot of emails, a lot of outbound dials. 
But for us, I think it really all kind of started from data. You know, really the power of your outbound engine is only as good as the data that you're putting into the system. And so we spent a lot of time to really make sure we were getting good contacts, good leads, and had good qualification criteria set so that we could really rev the engine when we started getting our BDRs and our process up and running. Right on. You know, our model was a little different at Foodsview because not only are we a tech company, but we're creating marketplaces with a set geography, right? There's only so many office buildings and so many restaurants you can yeah. service in the existing area. So really for me, it was honing my pitch. So every conversation that I had, I could just spot on tell you what Foodsview was. If I was talking to a CEO, if I was walking into an executive administrator at an office, I could rattle off Foodsview's value proposition to them so quickly. And that kind of got me in the door to a lot of places. Yeah. I'm just curious about, you know, when you're tailoring your message, you know, we talked about this when you were in Coffee and Closers. Yeah. It's like a C-level person to a janitor. They say, what's the big Gary Vee thing? Treat the, or Richard Branson, treat you know, the janitor the same as with a CEO. Totally. Did you have a different message? Or was it just, hey, here's the value of what we do? So, I mean, a CEO probably cares about the corporate culture yeah. where an executive administrator has a daily battle with ordering lunch for people in her office or his office. So the pitch of what Foodsby was is the exact same. I could do it with my eyes closed. However, when I would try to hit in the pain points that they might experience in their life, that would be tailored to a CEO versus an executive administrator. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of what every day, like, you know, think about like, what are the emotions? Like everyone has a product, everyone has a service. Mm -hmm. What are the emotions you're gonna tap into that prospect that you're working with? It's gonna like get them excited to work with you, right? I never thought that I would be like slanging lunches for a living, <laughs> but I know like the power of what we do can literally change like a corporate culture in an office, and that is like what excites me. Yeah, how long did it take you to kind of figure that out? Um, literally trying to pick up the phone on my second day at work and walking in and just—I mean, it takes time, but kind of having a no fear mentality yeah. of uh, seeing what works and what didn't kind of expedited the process of like figuring it out but still today like when I'm in meetings with my coworkers, I hear what they say and it like taps into emotion <laughs> and I add that in to my pitch right on yeah because it's not perfect and if every day I kind of like keep trying to improve it you kind of see things click over time and then you tell a really good story that really hits into people's emotions well it's, it's fun to hear Sean you, yeah. you and I have, have talked about this definitely but our listeners uh, obviously not all of them were there Right. We have, what, 40, 50 capped out the spades yeah. that you were in. So for everyone else, like your story, what a, what a journey. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so for us, like really we learned sales from the school hard knocks. Like yeah. we were out there trying to connect with really anybody and everybody who would listen to us. And so you're trying a bunch of titles and kind of much to your experience, Andrew, like you'll learn that different titles resonate with different pitches. And you'll learn that, you know, some people are even calling your product something completely different. You're sending emails about apples. They say, we're not buying apples, we're buying oranges. And you realize that you were calling apples oranges the whole time. Right. And so so for us, like, it's really about that process of discovery and learning. And I, I think we really boiled it down, kind of those three standard sales questions. Why anything? Why us? Why now? And if you're able to answer those questions for the groups that you're targeting, you're definitely ready to get on the phone and have some conversations. And to Andrew's point, it's an iterative process. You'll never stop learning. Like, if we're, there were days, even, you know, up until, like, a couple months ago, when I was, you know, knee-deep in the sales role, if there are days where we're down on our demo numbers for the week, you better believe I'm on the phone with everybody else trying to contact folks and drum up some business. And yeah. I'm right there with them having good calls, having bad calls, because I think it's important to have that visibility. And so the team can see me go up in smoke and I can say, all right, guys, 
what should I have done differently on this one and get that feedback and keep getting better? Wow, did that just absolutely build camaraderie and, and team? I mean, by saying, hey, I'm not just, I'm a player coach, man. I'm in the trenches with you. Is that For sure, for sure. I, yeah. It was huge. Like, I, I remember the, the day we made the decision, I said, all right, we're down on numbers, and, like, the team was kind of dragging their feet a little bit, and I said, well, what can we do? And I was connected with one of our, like, managers on the sales side, and he's like, honestly, I don't, I don't know. And I said, well, what if, what if we just started hitting the phones as hard as they did? And I like, do think that would have the right impact, and it, it brought the team to life. It was no no comparison to what it was like before. Oh, yeah. so fun to hear. Anyone listening, man, what a what a joy it is to hear from guys like you. This is the point. Of, let's bring people in that are still doing this. And how did you do it? Because I think a lot of people rushed that ivory tower too quick. You know oh, what I mean, when they really should just be in the trenches with their with their folks. So between the two of you guys, business development, right? Getting meetings with, with folks is, is what the topic of this deal is. You guys have very different approaches. And I, if you don't mind, I'm going to identify them. Because yeah. um, I think there's two types of listeners. People that need Andrew that would approach this. Ground and pound, baby. Exactly. <laughs> the way that I, like, the way I grew up. And then, and then you know, tools and processes and things that I am just falling in love with. I can't read enough. So you've had a lot of success, Andrew, you know, with pounding the pavement. And Sean, you've had equally as much success with packing your pipeline via inside the office. So you're inside the office. You're leveraging tools. You're leveraging processes. So I'd like to learn about each approach and how you guys have produced the success that you've had with it. We've had conversations, Nikolai, before yeah. where, you know, I realized we grow up, on, and I I watched your coffees coach, oh, Sean, nice. and yeah. it was super impressive with some of the tools and, and kind of your ways of looking at how to increase it in a fast manner, Will. Food P was like, you got to ground and pound because of the geography component of our business. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about how society, you know, we raise people to not talk to strangers. So there's these walls right. that like every person has built up. Like our whole life, your mom, your dad says, don't talk to a stranger. Don't talk to a stranger. Okay. Hey, you're in this job now. Go talk to strangers all the time and get them to like you and get them to want to buy our product or, or use our service. And so like kind of like my first tactic when I would start doing business development cold calls is make a friend. Because who wants to work in the business of somebody that they don't want to deal with yeah. on a very frequent <laughs> basis, right? So like I wanted to make that easy for people to understand like, hey, every time I call you, every time we have a conversation, it's going to be an enjoyable thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. As much as it can be. Right. And once you build those friendships, it's amazing. Kind of like you, you use people to, to get you to other people. And so by building those relationships from the ground up, kind of laying the foundation, it's, it's amazing the avenues and the references that kind of connect and then a network effect starts happening. Yeah. And then the references start rolling in and then the market kind of really starts getting going. But that doesn't happen without walking into an office building and knocking on a property manager's door and saying, yep. hi, I'm Andrew with Foodbee. You've probably never heard of me, but I would love to sit down and learn from you a little bit and hopefully I can add some value in the next 10 minutes. So when you say that, maybe I'm speaking for everyone listening, but I know for a fact when people want to have a, sit down and have a cup of coffee with me, one of the reasons we started Coffee and Closers was so that we could funnel all those people into a room to learn from guys like you. The cold call, the 10,000-pound phone, right? Like the just picking up that phone or trying to say hi to a stranger. Maybe I'll transition to, to you, Sean. Like how did you pick up that phone? Like how did you get in front of that person knowing that there's a 90% chance they could say no? And, and that fear, how did you guys overcome that fear? I mean, I think for, it, it really depends on the type of person. For me, I always found it really challenging and really fun. Like yeah. you want a certain mentality. And I think the folks that make the best BDRs, they're folks that have really high resiliency. 
So they get rejected on a daily basis already, probably with stuff that they're doing. They're trying to get into things they really have no place being yeah. in. Like, you know, we got the Super Bowl in town. They're trying to walk onto the field right now. And they got the that mentality. Yeah, And so that's the that's kind of that mentality you want. I think when you find folks like that, it, it becomes pretty easy because they're they're trying to go for the challenge anyway. And you know, then there it's it's almost more about okay, how many conversations can I get where it you know it happens well? And then after they have a few, you start to see okay, wow, like. We're actually providing a really valuable service to folks. People do want to talk to me. I just got to find more people like this and less yeah. people like that. Okay, let's game on. Let's go. Got it. One thing to add on top of Sean is I realized kind of quickly on as I was cutting my teeth with cold calls was focusing on what I'm trying to achieve with that call. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I need to go find a lunch delivery platform for my office building. Or no HR director wakes up and says, man, I need to get Leanne Chin delivered to my office today. Nobody right. has said that in their life. I, I Maybe they have. I haven't met them. <laughs> I hope to meet them in the near future. Yeah. Um, call me. I'm Andrew with Foodsby. Um, but, but in all reality, what they are open to is learning about solutions that can help their, their, their company. Um, they're open to taking meetings with thought leaders and their thought leaders if you're, look, if you're trying to work with the right people. So focusing on selling that meeting. Like, I'm not trying to sell Foodsby the first second I'm talking to somebody. I'm trying to introduce myself. I'm trying to learn a little bit about them, make them feel comfortable with a cold call. I know they weren't expecting my conversation all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, I'm hoping to get a meeting, and that's what I'm selling. Yeah. I'm not selling Foodsby. I'm selling the meeting to make the next step. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of where I go with Absolutely. It. And our outbounding, too, we actually found that our emails that pitched a meeting instead of pitching, like, an actual formal demo like pitch yeah. 50 a 15 minute conversation were way more effective for reply rates so that was for sure and, and when you get inbound stuff i'm sure everybody yeah. one of us gets inbound stuff people yeah. go direct to their product and like boom 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 and it's just like this canned message it's like be personal go on their linkedin read a few things that they've been successful in what are their goals right sure. like and it's crazy if you reach a ceo and you'll see like you know the ceo on their linkedin will have in their summary Aggressive goals, motivated leader. Tap into that on your email to them. Like, hey, I read on your LinkedIn, you're all about aggressive goals and accelerated growth. Would love to understand how you plan to roll that out over the next six months and see if our company could maybe help you be a part of that. Right. Are you open for a 10-minute conversation or coffee next week? Yeah. Happy to, you know, I'm excited to learn from you. Yeah. You know, and and those thought leaders want to help you out. They want to learn from you. Absolutely. And, you know, Sean, when, our, when we were talking during Last Coffee and Closers, you had brought up how you learned, like, cadence. So, Andrew, with your direct approach, right, you're, you're, and you've done kind of the, the indirect approach, if you will, from, from the office. When I mean direct or indirect, I'm not talking about marketing or sales. I'm talking about just the approach, right? You said that you came up with a cadence. Yeah. And I would like to hear about that cadence because that's exactly what you're talking about, Andrew. That first touch, second touch. How do you get someone to say, yeah. "All right, my, I'm lowered now. My, my, you know, I'm, I'm, my guard's lowered. Let's let's hear what you got." So, and and there are a lot of really great resources out there. One that I always like is the Bridge Group. They've got uh, the Sales Development Playbook. Uh, Trish over there, she does an awesome job. And so we learned a lot from them. But What's it called? The Bridge Group. The Bridge Group. They're, okay. they're East Coast company. Um, but basically, you know what what we learned is that it's really about having a series of different touches with folks over a period of time. And so we would have an eight step cadence that we'd run. It'd be a mix of emails, dials, uh, voicemails, and some other activities like LinkedIn, LinkedIn messaging, stuff like that. And we found that folks actually, you know, regardless if you were getting a response or not, a lot of people were actually looking at the emails. And we would get actual feedback on other channels. And voicemails, you know, uh, led to some awareness. Around, okay, wow, like I know this guy. I heard, I heard this name before. 
So if you actually got them on the phone, whether or not they called you back from the voicemail, you got some other engagement off that front. And so we had we had about eight touches, and that was kind of our optimal our optimal rate there for actually booking demos on the BDR side. Right on. Yeah. When people tell the market what to think is when you find companies fail. But when companies succeed is when they, the market tells them what their offering is. Meaning you have this platform. It is a fantastic video platform. You have this fantastic food delivery platform. Why not the, Why doesn't the market tell you how to position your your product or service Absolutely. to the market? I mean, yeah. the, the market is doesn't the market doesn't lie. And the market changes <laughs> over time. Yeah. So like our pitch three and a half years ago is different than it is today, yeah. right? Like three and a half years ago, people were scared if they had a deli on site or like on site food that we were going to take over them, take everything over. Them. <laughs> it's like that's that was the fear three and a half years ago. Okay. So let's like really focus on buildings that don't have on site food to give them a food platform that they can now market, they can, you can tell future tenants about it and all that stuff. Now the market is changing. Yeah. And the market is changing of amenities are the game. Like we need to do more. Now our pitch is, hey, we're not a competitor to the onsite food. We are this complimentary thing that's taking you to the next level. We're taking it in the 21st century. You need a change, we're that change. Let's work together and be like a part of this together and, and help you innovate. And so it's interesting in our you know, short history of Foods Beat, we've seen the market change and then you kinda gotta adapt with what you're hearing and, and kinda hitting into those undertones that the people who are leading it are, are feeling so. What's their, their reason why why anything or why now it can't change? Yeah, for so, us, we had uh, regulation actually became a thing. So in higher education, which was one of our verticals, it became more regulated from a compliance perspective. And suddenly people needed to know that their video platforms could like check all the boxes. And that became something that wasn't that important and just wasn't talked about to something that was, we, we can't work with you, you don't do this. And so because we were kind of ahead of the curve and saw that coming, we were able to get out and get some significant business from that kind of approach. Really? Can you, yeah. talk, can you explain more about that? That's um, I, I love finding these chinks yeah. in the armor. Like when whether you've stalled or you're just you're just ramping up, and then you find something like this, and you go, "Wait a minute!" I mean, it came from the customers. It, it just depended on who you were talking to. So in our buying process, there are a few different stakeholder groups, and one stakeholder group was accessibility. And currently, they were kind of more or less getting ignored. You know, folks were making the decisions at IT or at the leadership level, and they were just gonna getting kind of stuck with whatever they had bought. Yeah, and. For whatever reason, there were a series of, of lawsuits in the higher ed space for folks that didn't meet compliance with video. And suddenly the, the whole paradigm just shifted. And these people who were kind of on the sidelines before suddenly had a lot of say yeah. in what was getting purchased, not just for video, but across the board. You had instances where Cal Berkeley had to take down over 10,000 videos because they didn't have closed captions. 10,000 videos, Cal what? Berkeley, like a big name school, wow. right? And so you've got a lot of opportunity in the market when that's happening. And so it's just kind of, are you listening? And then are you quick enough to act on it and change your strategy accordingly? Oh, I love it. Kind of the on-the-fly on pivot. Oh, right. you gotta, you got to be listening because they'll tell you what they want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to listen, right? you got to hear what people are saying. You know, i got to ask it because I'm just curious. The cold call. Now, the cold call is dead. Now, the cold call is not dead based around how you approach the cold call. Now, to me, the cold call is, an, is a blank canvas that creative guys like yourselves that are in the positions that you're in create business through it. What is the cold call to you? Yeah, I mean, so I think, I think a lot of times when folks say the cold call is dead, I mean, I think for me personally, I always just kind of interpreted that to mean, you know, maybe you haven't done your research if it's truly cold at this point. Like you actually don't know what their priorities are for the year. You don't know what this person's decision-making ability is. You don't know if this is even in their wheelhouse or not. 
And if you're really going to be using your dials effectively, you want to know certain things. Like you want to know you're talking to a good number, that you've got a person who's actually going to be relevant for you. And there are a number of criteria you can use, whether it's BANT or something else to kind of qualify out the person you're talking to. But just making sure you've done your diligence, you know the opportunity. I think that's, for me, like cold calls really have just transitioned into normal calls, honestly, where you've got some information about a person and you're fairly confident that if you hit points one, two, and three, you know, you're going to have a decent conversation with this person. From my perspective, through the messaging, so, you know, I know that you all uh, at IOS have yeah. a pretty cool, uh, you know, you're using a lot of tools. Yeah. And so a lot of the touches you probably have, like, you know they've read those emails, right? right? Exactly, like, you, exactly. You're aware of that. <laughs> and I have my own cadence, and it's grassroots, right? And we use it at Foodsby, and it's a 10-step cadence. But it's not, like, necessarily uh, lead generation or automated marketing that kind of working you through right. it. It's, it's just, like, you know, you're making a phone call, leaving a voicemail, sending an email, and then... And then you're calling a certain amount of times. And by the time yeah. I get them on the phone, you know, a lot of times you don't connect with that person until the eighth yeah. connection, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. And it's not a cool call. They know Andrew. Oh, Andrew, thank you for your persistence, you right? They're, they're like thanking me for like, I'm sorry I haven't gotten back to you. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out. It, this sounds interesting. And, and that's like when I know it's like you've broken down the barriers because you've personalized it. You've done your research. You've had on some kind of emotional undertones that you found on LinkedIn or you found company goals and you hit on your company goals, so you're hitting on the needs behind the need. Yeah. And then it kind of progresses the cold call a lot faster than a who are you, right? But yeah, there's who are you's all the time. And Isn't that an amazing world that we live in, though, where we now have access to information that we can actually, we can genuinely create an authentic uh, relationship. Use it, you know? So I have one more question for you guys, and this I think in... This for the listeners. Now, this is assuming that people are stalled in their revenue growth. This is assuming that, that, that people listening um, have an idea that they really want to take off the ground. This is assuming that the people listening truly want to grow their revenue. Okay? You guys are experienced guys. You've been in the trenches. You have battle scars now. Let's take it all the way back to when you had no battle scars and it was your first day or whatever. What would you tell yourself then on how to take that, that Sean or that Andrew to the man you are, or, or maybe the man the man you are today? That's a tough one. I think so for me, I wish I would have done a lot more in terms of getting out in front of more people at first. I think once you get in front of a few people, it starts becoming very easy. But just getting advice saying, Sean, here's some ways that you can get in front of folks at scale. Have those conversations. You know, set, send the, the emails to this group of contacts. Like, start getting on the phone with them right away. Like, really just making sure that I'm getting exposure to who we think the target customer is. Because especially back then, it changed so much for us. The titles were wrong. The industries might have been a little off. But by having the conversations that we had, you know, we learned that and we could adjust accordingly. And I'd say, so be sure to get as much time with them as you can and listen to your customers as they tell you kind of what's interesting, what's not. You might learn, hey, this isn't my customer. How do we find fewer people of that? And that's just as good of a win for your lead gen as like booking that next meeting. Yes, that's, that's great advice. So my advice is a little different, right? Have you ever seen that video with Shia LaBeouf where he's just, just screaming, just do, it. do yeah. it, right? Make your dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> do it, right? I think a lot of people, they find the prospect and they put it away for, I'll call them on Wednesday. I'll call them on Friday. No, pick up the phone today. Walk into their office today. Have a conversation today. And like that's the one thing I can say. Of like If I look at my success... It wasn't waiting to pick up the phone for tomorrow. It was picking up when I like, that's a person I need to talk to. Pick up the phone, make a call, introduce yourself, and see what happens. And like the more conversations you have, 
the more outbounds you have, the more tools you use, the greater the results are going to be. There's no <laughs> doubt. I promise you that. And I'm going to do it more tomorrow. And like challenge yourself to make more calls tomorrow. Challenge yourself to use more tools tomorrow. Challenge yourself to use more research. Like just do it. Just do it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, go online, everybody. Check it out. It's a funny video. I love it. One of my sales mentors, uh, one of the best advice he ever gave is he said, sales or, you know, sales cures all. Mm -hmm. Meaning you want to get a new car. You're in debt. Uh, you, you, you want to start a new idea, you want to get a new job, you want to buy that diamond ring, whatever it is, sales cures yep. all. So with that, you know, in, in closing, is there any final inspiration that you'd say to someone who's sitting there listening right now going, well, sure, those guys could do it, but, but I could never do, I could never do that. How would you deflate that notion? I mean, I, based off of the Twin Cities, I know this is going to be on tech.mn, yeah. there are so many cool companies like there's Ilo's happening, there's yeah. Fuji's are happening, like Mikolai, you're leading so many awesome avenues for salespeople and tech companies in the Twin Cities. Ramble's happening right now. Right. You got When I Work, you have, you know, the guys at Sport Engine, right? Yeah. Get involved, learn about the community, reach out, reach out to see how you can help, learn about these businesses, buy a one day pass at Coco and hang out here and drink some coffee and like inspiration and stuff will just start happening. But you have to get involved. You yeah. can't just sit on the sideline. Amen. Get involved. I love it. I think for me, I, I look back to kind of one of the folks who mentored me as I was coming up a lot was Caleb Sephori, who led sales at Rackspace. And at one point, it just kind of dawned on me that like at some point, this guy had been in my exact spot where he hadn't sold anything either. I think everybody starts in that spot. So it's just how, how willing are you to get out of your comfort zone and leverage a lot of the resources. And to Andrew's point, the community has a ton of resources, so get plugged in and, and make it happen, and you can, you can do it for sure. Oh, that was awesome. Well, friends, that was the end of episode one. But before we part, I want to give a big thanks to Tech.mn. I want to thank my amazing Bedore Business Group team and, of course, our sponsor, Fueled Collective. Last but not least, thank you to local music legend Alex Rossi for providing this tasty track. I hope you enjoyed the show. Episode two is next.